Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Angela E, Jolie R, Leonard L, Jody F, and Rodney T for your donations to the channel. If you're interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. What do concerts, ball games, sports legends, and music legends all have in common? Let's first start with a concert. 50,000 people filled the sold-out venue when, at around 9 p.m., people began surging toward the stage. People started getting crushed, and panic ensued. According to Houston Fire Chief Sam Pena, people began to fall out, become unconscious, and it created additional panic. The Houston PD's chief, Troy Fenner, confirmed that at least one person had been injected with something via a needle, and there well may have been more. Chief Finner said a security guard working the event felt a prick in his neck by an unknown assailant while he was trying to restrain a citizen, and he quickly fell unconscious. Finner says the guard was revived by use of Narcon, and those medical personnel did indeed see something on his neck that indicated he'd been stabbed with a syringe. Fenner also said some people had been trampled, so it appears there was a mix of reasons why people were injured and passing out, and perhaps why some died. The total number of people who've passed away remains at eight, and autopsies are underway to determine the causes of death for each. The mayor, Sylvester Turner, said something like this has never happened in Houston, and they will leave no stone left unturned to get to the bottom of how and why this occurred. Houston authorities insist the concert was shut down in a timely manner, saying the first reports of people going down started around 9.30 p.m. and that they closed up shop at around 10 10 p.m., which they feel was efficient considering the circumstances. More disturbing videos are surfacing, which clearly show people were attempting to flag down festival personnel in any capacity to get them to stop the show, including one of the professional camera guys who was filming the action from afar. A young girl climbed a ladder up to a platform where a uh, photog was recording Travis's set, presumably from somewhere far out in the crowd. She shouts, there is somebody dying, over and over again, and when she can't get the cameraman's attention, she climbs up and forces the issue. The guy starts to panic, telling her to go back down, but she holds firm, insisting he get the word out that something was going on below with... I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? The young man, he joins her to shoot the same warning. Meanwhile, you can hear what sounds like Travis Scott continuing to perform. Again, this just supports the notion that people were indeed trying to raise awareness of the scary situation to who they thought were the right people. But it's unclear if this message was received by those who could actually do something on the drop of a dime, like halt everything at a concert. Well, a new video appears to show Travis reacting to this situation and calling for help. And this is from another vantage point, but it seems to line up with the guy getting carried out. You hear Travis ask for security to jump in and help the man out, but he continues on singing. 
More questions about the Astroworld tragedy in regards to what Travis Scott and festival organizers knew about what was going on down below and when, which is even more so under a microscope now after a video shows Travis looking down onto the crowd where an unconscious guy is being lifted up and carried out, seemingly in Travis Scott's direct line of vision. There is a video clip circulating of Travis up on a raft or elevated platform of some sort singing to the crowd while a lifeless limp body is being carried off by security personnel. The clip makes it seem like this was right underneath Travis's nose and presumably something he could see. The caption reads, dead body, but we don't know if this person was dead. Many online are claiming the people in the crowd, including some who were near the front of the stage, were shouting at him to stop the show as there were people falling unconscious in the audience. There were additional disturbing video clips of Astroworld fans dancing on top of an ambulance that was working its way through the dense crowd. It's not entirely clear if they were transporting somebody or not. You'd figure they'd have sirens going if it was a true emergency, but either way, the display of unconcern by concert goers was disgusting. Uh, there were people stationed toward the back of the crowd, somewhat elevated, where they could see a sea of people and Travis and company all the way up to the front. And you can see it was an absolutely packed crowd and one that was hyped too, jumping up and down together as Travis sings along. It is unclear if this was in response to one of the cardiac arrest or another situation, but it's interesting that medical care started to be rendered right in the thick of the show. Was this a setup for a massive crowd by a malevolent hired source? Someone in the crowd went crazy and began injecting people with some sort of drug, which caused panic and then a surge. Or were they crazy? It has been mentioned this concert tragedy appears to be a targeted attack. We've seen quite a few astro destructions in less than a month. When the Astros beat the Dodgers in Los Angeles to win the World Series four years ago, they appeared poised to become a dynasty. Houston didn't endure a dramatic rebuild, which led to three consecutive 100-loss seasons to win only one championship. This team had star-studded staying power. The Astros' window of contention remains open, though maybe not as wide as it once was. After losing in the World Series for the second time in three seasons following a 7-0 pounding at the hands of the Braves in Game 6 on last Tuesday night at Minute Maid Park, Houston faces another offseason in which a star player is hitting free agency while the future of 72-year-old manager Dusty Baker is uncertain. Yeah, it's tough, but... You know something? You've got to keep on trucking, and that gives you even more incentive next year, Baker said. Well, <laughs> this is what happens usually when the team loses. You lose your players, you lose your coach. Well, this is what Carlos Correa said. He said, I think it was great. They're pitching shortstop. They were really good. Fried tonight was lights out. 
They shut us down. One way the big corporations, also known as the elite, have hijacked America is by distracting and dumbing down the masses through sports entertainment. This may explain why the corporate logos of America's most influential national sports leagues, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, all mysteriously share the same parallel occult symbolism and esoteric iconography. We all know sports are fun to play and fun to watch. But is there a darker hidden agenda behind sports entertainment in America today? Sports fans, short for fanatics, are everywhere. They hail from all socioeconomic backgrounds, and they've been multiplying for decades. We all know a sports fanatic. He knows every player of every team, and he knows exactly what happened in every game since the beginning of recorded time, baseball, basketball, football, and hockey. For him, sports are more than entertainment. They're his reason for living. With each new generation of Americans, the number of sports fanatics increases exponentially. But is the rise of sports fanaticism a natural phenomenon? Or have sports fans been trained, or better, socially engineered, to crave sports? Has sports fanaticism been created by the corporate powers that be, the elite, to distract Americans away from the pillaging of our rights and freedoms, the dumbing down of our children, the raping of our wealth, and the increasing police state these elites are setting up in America? Think about it. Stage magicians fool audiences by using distraction techniques. These magicians are masters at diverting audience attention and focusing it elsewhere while they perform their magic trick. In the same way, the elites seem to be using sports entertainment to draw the attention of Americans away from the fact that slowly but surely, these elite are brainwashing us as well as deleting, erasing, and destroying all of our constitutional freedoms and our natural human rights. Sports are great insofar as they are thrilling, fun, exciting, inspirational. Similarly, banks are great insofar as banks are a safe place to store money. Drug companies are great, too, insofar as drug companies are a place to develop cures for diseases. But the trouble creeps in when bankers start to control the economy by inflation deflation. Drug companies start to invent diseases so they can profit by providing the cures. And sports entertainment starts to distract Americans away from having any desire to stop America from becoming an enslaved police state controlled by corporate dictators. Think of it this way. The elite use Hollywood to create movies that appeal to the masses. These movies are exciting, engaging, and entertaining, but they come with a hidden message that's detrimental to the masses, though most people don't realize it. The masses do not demand the hidden message. They demand the movie. But the hidden message comes with it anyway. Here's an example. Popular movies depict a good guy. Bruce Willis, Denzel Washington, Mel Gibson, versus a bad guy, William Dafoe, Billy Drago, Michael Madsen. The movie is set up so that we love the good guy and hate the bad guy. It's designed so that we root for the good guy and hope he kills the bad guy. 
there's a hidden message here. We're being trained to think in terms of good versus evil so that everything in our lives becomes a good versus evil contest, even a simple traffic incident. That bad guy in our lives thus becomes not just a human being like us who we are simply momentarily at odds with, but a complete devil who is absolute 100% unadulterated evil and deserves nothing short of death. That jackass tailgating you on the highway, he's evil. Those jerks from the south side, they're evil. That jerk who is staring at you too long in the subway, he's evil. That witch employee at Geico who put you on hold for too long, she's evil. They all deserve to die. Or, so a little voice inside tells us, this is because we've been trained to think in terms of good versus evil, right versus wrong, us versus them, and so on. The result is a society comfortable with killing evil. And this necessarily means a self-righteous society filled with fear, anger, and hatred. A sense of entitlement, society on edge, stressed and fear-based, high-strung like anything, scared and distrustful of each other, eager to go to war. Perhaps most importantly, a society that is divided against itself. Divided they fall. Now, Just as the elite own Hollywood and use movies to disseminate these hidden messages, so these same elites seem to own the sports entertainment industry, and they seem to be using sports entertainment to push a hidden agenda. What hidden agenda are the elite pushing through sports entertainment? Whereas the job of Hollywood is to set the tone of America, with Hollywood executives being propaganda ministers, the job of sports is to eat the clock. That is to say, the masses need a distraction, something that keeps their attention, keeps them occupied and engaged for long periods of time, like entire seasons. The attention of Americans needs to be on the big game tonight, or the big series this week, or the playoffs, rather than on the anti-Monsanto rally this weekend, or the rally against that corrupt cop who beat up that handcuffed person by... Eating the clock, sports entertainment keeps people down and minimizes the amount of time people have to engage in social dissidence. You see? In this sense, sports are more detrimental than movies. A single movie only lasts a couple hours, but sports last all season long, even a lifetime long, the lifetime of the sports fanatic. Sports leagues in this scenario can be likened to movie companies like Paramount Pictures. Each league is trying to put out a better movie to engage more viewers, more like money, that's what they're about, and ultimately achieve the main task at hand, which is the long-term distraction of the masses. Even more insidious, the viewers of this movie are invited to participate in the movie by buying all the merchandise and becoming part of the movie. They buy sports jerseys and hats. They take part in pre-game tailgating rituals, post-game celebrations, and championship victory parades. They become part of the show themselves, and they love it. They are totally engaged. They're so engrossed, they forget themselves. They forget everything. They only want to follow the sport. And this is exactly what the elite wants. A nation of followers, and if you don't think sports are subtly fixed by the elite to achieve precisely this end, 
with games being set up or contrived to squeeze every ounce of drama out of each season to ensure fans remain committed, just like professional wrestling is pure drama and carefully scripted entertainment, then you may want to look back in history. In other words, the rise of sports fanatics and the skyrocketing revenues of sports entertainment are happening on purpose. Say it ain't so, Joe. Famous quote indicating sports fixing has been happening for almost 100 years. The same elite group, it seems, are profiting off the sports leagues they've created while at the same time creating a mass hysteria whereby Americans are more interested in watching sports than they are interested in stopping or even recognizing the hijacking of America. The fact that the sports league logos look very much the same is indicative that the same elite group is behind them. Just look at the MLB and the NBA logos. The elite owners of America are slowly but surely enslaving the American people, and they seem to be doing this in part by mastering the art of diversion, with sports entertainment being their key diversionary tactic. The sudden and dramatic rise of sports entertainment during the past several decades seems to be carefully scripted plot, skillfully crafted by the ruling elite aimed at engaging Americans to focus their attention elsewhere and diminish their interest and understanding of the ills that are plaguing American society. The fact that the logos of the major sports leagues all use similar patterns and that this pattern is based on ancient symbolism may be indicative that sports entertainment is really a large-scale mass control project and that the same crooked elite are really behind all the sports franchises. The same elite that have been actively taking over the world, banks, mass media, big pharma, big oil, etc. Besides, you don't have to be a police detective to see there's an epidemic of game fixing going on in college and professional sports. All you have to do is remove the blinders and open your eyes. Did you know the NFL fixed the playoffs in 2001 and 2? The idea was to let the Patriots win it all as a patriotic gesture in the wake of 9-11. Stuff like this happens all the time. For example, Boston won the World Series because of the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, and Houston won the World Series in 2017 to give that city something to cheer about in the wake of the epic flooding that ruined so many people's lives. It makes for a better human interest story that way. Speaking of sports entertainment, this summer, J.R. Richard, a fearsome pitcher and all-time Astros great, died at the age of 71. The team did not reveal his cause of death, but released a touching statement about Richard, who spent all 10 seasons of his career in Houston and is a member of the Astros Hall of Fame. But then, on Sunday, November the 7th, just a few days ago, British vocalist and founding member of UB40, Terence Wilson, better known by his stage name Astro, died after a short illness. Wilson was part of a British reggae band, UB40, for more than 30 years before leaving the band to join breakaway group UB40 featuring Ali Campbell and Astro in 2013. 
UB40 formed in Birmingham in the late 1970s and over the next three decades found success with hits including Red Red Wine and I Can't Help Falling in Love. The band dealt with social and political issues head-on in their songs, giving voice to working-class dissatisfaction with the status quo of the time. Dictionary.com tells us astro means a combining form with the meaning pertaining to stars or celestial bodies or to activities as spaceflight taking place outside the Earth's atmosphere. Used in formation of compound words, astronautics, astrophotography. What does the word or name Astoria mean and or originate from? It originates in the name of the Astor family, prominent New York citizens and business leaders. The storied New York Astor line begins with Astor's middle child, William Backhouse Astor Jr., who married the grand dame of socialites, Caroline Webster Schumerhorn. The couple produced John Jacob Astor IV, who went down with the Titanic. His son Vincent, still fabulously wealthy, married Brooke, considered the last doyen of New York high society. It is obvious the national and world events are images of a crumbling astro effect. Is this the proverbial order out of chaos for what is to come? Are we witnessing comms that a celestial event is over the horizon? Or are these astro-tragedies indicative of another Titanic? <laughs>